Welcome to episode 200 of the X-Files Retrospective Podcast, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This time around, we're looking at The Lone Gunman, Season 1, Episode 11, The Lying Game. Average IMDb user score is 7.9 out of 10. The action primarily takes place in Delaware, and the original air date was May the 4th, 2011. So in this one, the pre-credits teaser has a man in a bar. He makes contact with someone. Turns out he's a blackmailer. When he goes into the bathroom, he is assaulted by Walter Skinner. And next thing we know, there's a couple of gunshots. Someone goes into the bathroom, finds the man dead. And this is where it is. Now, after the teaser, we... See the lone gunman. Well, most of them, Byers isn't there. And in fact, Langley and Frohickey are joking about, you know, how, you know, do you think he didn't come home last night because he's with a woman and they're laughing? And then he walks in with a woman. Turns out that the guy who died was her brother. And she thinks that there's something going on. As they investigate, they find out that he was a blackmailer. And they start investigating Skinner because they know he's involved, but the evidence seems to point to the fact that he's dirty. It turns out that there's a sting operation. Somebody is trying to buy a weapon, and the man that the guy was blackmailing was actually an undercover FBI agent. So this is all revealed. Byers and Carol exchange looks and seem to be lying about how they know each other. They claim that Byers was college roommates with her dead brother. There's a character in there called Mr. Memory, which I'm sure is a reference to the 39 Steps, the Alfred Hitchcock classic. As things go, it's actually up to Eve and Jimmy to try and solve this, so they use their face and voice masking technology to have Jimmy go in masquerading as Skinner, almost blows the whole deal, but then accidentally calls for the FBI action against them. And it all gets wrapped up nicely. Skinner is clearly one of the good guys. One thing that kind of works, it kind of doesn't. Carol was the one who was Byers' college roommate back when Carol was Carl. So Carol is a transgender character, which is nice to see the representation. Unfortunately, they play it as though, you know, they, they call her she to her face, but... He, when she's not in the room, Langley is kind of freaked out because he found her attractive. It is nice that, you know, at the end when they reveal it to Jimmy and Eve, Jimmy's response is, well, yeah, even I knew that as soon as we saw her. Doesn't matter. So that piece was nice. So they are sort of highlighting the different reactions that they get. So it was a step in that direction of promoting acceptance, I'm probably not the best one to judge how effective that step was, but I do appreciate the effort there. There hadn't been a lot of transgender representation up to this point. It was 2001. Obviously, there was some. The earliest I'm aware of is actually WKRP in Cincinnati from a season four episode, so it would have been late 1981, early 1982. They addressed it earlier than most people, possibly because they had a transgender person in the writing room. So they were able to 
sort of right from personal experience. This episode was directed by Richard Compton. We've discussed Compton before. This is his fourth directing credit for 1013. He directed Invocation and Medusa for the X-Files, and Like Water for Octane and The Lion Game for The Lone Gunman. So this is his last work for 1013. This was written by Nandy Bow. Now, Nandy Bow is best known for working as second unit director on Sneakers, Frankie and Johnny, and Do the Right Thing, as well as a member of the miscellaneous crew for Lethal Weapon 4. Uh, second unit director or assistant director covers 29 of Nandy Bow's credits, six credits for miscellaneous crew, one director credit, and this one episode of The Lone Gunman is the entire writing credit at least as listed on the IMDb. So Tony Dennison plays the undercover FBI agent. He's got 87 acting credits to his name, some of which are in post-production. Best known for his work on The Closer, Men of War, Prison Break, and JAG. This is his only credit for 1013. Now, Catherine Dent plays Carol Strode. She's got 90 credits to her name, some of which are in post-production. Best known for playing Mabel in The Majestic, Danny Sofer in The Shield, and as well as being a producer on Silk and playing Sally Clark in Taken. She was also General Hale in a recurring role on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She was Susan Darcy in six episodes of The Mentalist, Agent Greta Simpson in Terminator of the Sarah Connor Chronicles. She's been on CSI, so she's one of those people that you recognize immediately. She was also Jane Gerwich in the X-Files episode Trevor from a few years ago. Now, Peter J. Lucas has 51 acting credits to his name, again with some in post-production. Best known for his work on Inland Empire, Independence Day, Cradle to the Grave, and The Beast Within. Looking at his credits, he's got a few credits that are in the Russian language as well. This is his only credit for 1013 Productions. Now, Robert Lewis has 26 acting credits to his name, most recently in 2003 playing Man Number 2 in the Battlestar Galactica miniseries. He is best known for his work in The X-Files. He's also been in Stargate SG-1, Dark Angel, and Prom Night 2. So in addition to playing officers and ER doctors in Eve, Dwayne Barry, and Paperclip in the first three seasons of The X-Files, he played Agent Sullivan in Millennium and also had guest spots in Sliders, The Outer Limits, Dark Angel, and a lot of other Vancouver productions. So Robert Rosen plays Mr. Memory. He's another actor who'd previously appeared in The X-Files. He was a doctor in Soft Light and a different doctor, Alton Pugh, in Small Potatoes. So he was the one in the delivery room that delivered the baby with the tail. He is still working. Most recent credits are from 2018. He's got 21 acting credits to his name. Best known for playing Cupid in Supernatural, Cabby in the original MacGyver, his roles in The X-Files, and Diner Car Waiter in Narrow Margin. So Maria Luisa Figura plays Larry's wife in this. This is what he was being blackmailed over. He was undercover. His fake wife, while he was undercover, was another agent and he was going to be blackmailed for having an affair with who's actually his real wife. So she is best known for her work in Edison, Lucy, a period piece, First Wave, and Millennium, where she played Cindy Horn. 
21 acting credits to her name. So while she made her acting debut in Millennium and then appears in this one episode of The Lone Gunman, she did not appear in The X-Files. Now, Lawrence Cotton has 14 acting credits to his name. This is his debut as far as the IMDb is concerned. His most recent work is from 2020. Most of his work has been from 2017 on. He only has four credits earlier than that. He is best known for his work in The Handmaid's Tale, Impulse, this episode of Lone Gunman, and Alias Grace on Netflix. Now, Glenn Ennis has 54 acting credits to his name, but 75 stunt credits. So it does appear that he's one of those guys who gets a lot of his acting work through physical roles. In this was actually his acting debut as well, as far as the MDB is concerned. He plays the bartender. He is best known for his work in Watchmen, Freddy vs. Jason, Deadpool, and iRobot. And finally, Jano Franson has 60 acting credits. So he is best known for his work in Stargate SG-1, Riverworld, Past Perfect, and The Hat Squad. His most recent credit is from 2010. Here he plays an FBI guard. And he had previously played older agent in an uncredited role in Tunguska, which appeared to be his 1013 credits. So overall, it is a nice episode. It's one of the first ones that actually has that crossover with the X-Files. It gave Mitch Pileggi a chance to have fun playing Jimmy playing Skinner. It's a completely different take on the role. So... I trust that was a nice change of pace for him, get a chance to stretch his acting muscles a bit. He did play the comedy quite nicely. But again, there's not a lot in terms of the ongoing plots in here, aside from who Eva Del Harlow really is. And nothing has really moved that forward since that mystery was introduced in the pilot. The answer is coming, but not in the final two episodes of the series. So next time, we are going to be talking about the X-Files episode alone. Then we're going to be going to the Captain Toby show, which is an episode of The Lone Gunman that originally aired after the season finale did. It was aired in the summer. Then we'll watch or talk about the last two episodes of X-Files season eight before we come back to the season eight finale for The Lone Gunman, do our season eight wrap up, and then we will start discussing X-Files Season 9 with our first episode of the year 2021. Thank you for listening.